Thanks for joining us at First Baptist of Woodlawn. Our mission at Woodlawn is to grow, serve, and reach others together. Our vision at Woodlawn is to impact our regional communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ through small groups, corporate worship and missions, and evangelism. Now, today's sermon. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks, everybody, for all your kindness towards me these days. Uh, as Pastor said, and I always say, God always exceeds our expectations. Any trip I make, I know God is going to bless me because he always goes over my expectations. And I praise his name for that. And um, I thank you. I want to take the kids for the, for the cards. And I want to read one, just one, that says this. I don't know if it reads this way. It says, you are the best, Pastor Otto. Or it might be read this way. You are the best pastor, Otto. Both sounds very good, and I and I thank you for 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 that uh, very 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 touchy thing you, you did to me last night, and I'm really enjoying enjoying my time. I even have laid down uh, on the pastor's hammock this afternoon. It was very comfortable, and I sent a picture to my church say, "Buy me a hammock." <laughs> and um, I really I really have been treated as. I was going to say as a king, but no, as a child of God. And that's, uh, the pastor said that I have many, many titles, the president of the Watermelon Convention, uh, pastor of Peter's Baptist Church in Guadalupe, I'm also the promoter of my region. And, but the, 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 the title I like most is Brother in Christ. We are brothers in Christ. Because that means a lot. It means that we become to the same family. It means we have the same faith. But it means what we have sung this night. We have been bought by the blood of Christ. And that makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. And tonight, as Pastor was saying, that God is uh, showing his power through his church, through his children. We are the vessels that God wants to use to glorify His name. He has chosen us with the purpose of glorifying His name while we are on this earth. That's why anything and everything we do, we need to do it for the glory of God. Because if it wasn't for Him, we would not be here. Some of us would not even be alive because He rescued from really lost lives and gave us life in Christ. And I'm going to follow the passage that we started last night. Uh, the book of Acts chapter 2. We have seen two verses, 41 and 42. And tonight we want to be sharing from verse 43 to 47, talking about a church of testimony, a church of testimony, a church that displays how God is in whatever the church does, 
And in these verses, it's showing us how the church should live according to what the church has practiced, had believed, according to the true transformation of lives of people who got, who got brought to be part of his church. How do we live? How do we have to live to show others God is among us and we belong to him and we do all for his glory because all comes from God. God is the one who does marvelous things in his church for his glory. And thank God he wants us to be part of his work. Verse 43 says, Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. The first testimony the church was given in Jerusalem in those days, it was a testimony of power. God was displaying his power through his church, doing wonders and miraculous signs. And you know what? God is the same through all the ages. God can do anything and everything he wants. He has no limits. Sometimes we are the ones who do not believe what God can do. That's the problem sometimes in church. Sometimes in church, we even ask God things. And we are praying for those things. But we are thinking in ourselves that it's not going to happen. Like the person who read the passage on the Bible that said that you said that mountain move over. And the mountain will move over. And the person read the passage and one night she prayed about it. It was a lady and she prayed about it. And she said, tomorrow morning you won't be there. I don't want to see you there. Next morning, she opened up the window. And she saw the mountain there. And she said, I knew you weren't going to move. God is the God who makes miracles. And it's, it's God who wants to show his glory through those miracles. And those miracles, it says, are signs. Signs means it's pointing something, but in this case, it's pointing someone. It's pointing to Jesus. Do you know that John in his gospel always uses the word signs? Because he's thinking about Jesus, not about in the signs themselves. Some people admire the signs. But we must praise those who make those signs. Today, there are some people who pretend they make miracles. And they're making good business with that. They're making good money out of people who believe they are the ones who make the miracles. And I don't even believe those miracles are real. 
I'm not saying that God is not making miracles. But when God makes miracles, He makes miracles for His glory. Let's go to chapter 3 and read verse 11 through 16. He said, while the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at, at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you dishonored him before Pilate. So he had decided to let him go. You dishonored the holy and righteous one, and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the, from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith, in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Peter and John were used by God to heal that beggar. You know the beggar didn't have faith. He was expecting something else. He was expecting some coin, some money. But Peter gave him something even much, much better. But when people came over and they were in awe, they were astonished, and they were staring at Peter and John, Peter said, we didn't do this. Don't you ever think this man was healed by our own power? You know what Peter is saying? Peter was saying, I don't have the power to do this. He even said that he wasn't healed not even for his godliness life. He was saying, I'm not a good man to do this. And he said, God did it to glorify Jesus Christ. That's the problem we have today. There is many, many false preachers and teachers claiming they do miracles. Nobody can do miracles, only God. And he does it for his glory. But in the early church, they were experiencing those miracles. And even Peter said to the Jews, why are you surprised? Which means the apostles knew God could do anything. Anything. It didn't surprise them. Some people use miracles to bring people to be surprised. We know a God who can do anything. We shouldn't be surprised when we see miracles. We should give glory to God, but not be surprised. Because 
We are a miracle of God. I am a miracle of God. Some people admire miracles, healing, or other kind of miracles they're claiming. But you know, as, as the science goes on, as the science progress, there are certain things that in the past have no cure. And now they have cure. But who can change the heart of man? Who can change the thinking of man? Who can change the way a man talk or do things in his life? When I witness to marriages in problems, I always say to men and to women, you are not the problem. Your wife is not the problem. Your problem is God is not in your marriage. You know, I am married to the most wonderful lady in the world. And she said the same about me. We have a deal. <clears throat> But we are not perfect. But God is in our marriage. I'm so happy also. I'm so blessed. In having good children. And I praise God for that. Last week I was visiting. Uh, the lady who is the teacher. Of the uh, preschool we have. And. She was talking about my son. I haven't told this to my son yet. So you will know it before him. And she said that she has. A friend. That goes to the college where my son goes. And when she told us she was working to our church in our church. And then she said, yeah, I know the son of the pastor. And she said, I respect him very much. Because that, that, that girl is not a Christian. And she, she said, we have told him to come with us to parties. To do certain things. And, and he always says, no, I don't do that. And I know that it's because of God is in our family. That's why. I know you're having elections soon, right? None of the candidates is going to save the United States. That's why. You must put your trust in Christ and Christ alone. He's the only one who can save this country and other countries. He, because he's the only one who can change people's hearts. People's heart. And by changing people's hearts, he can change families. And families can change societies. Can change an entire country. We must trust Christ. In Christ alone. He makes miracles. He's still making miracles today. And sometimes we, we, we see miracles that we are not even sure that miracles are going to happen. I had an experience long ago. I received a call from my, my aunt in California. And she had a friend who was at the hospital. 
And this, uh, this lady who was the friend of my aunt, she was very, very sick. My aunt called me and said, uh, Otto, can you go and see this friend of mine? She's at the hospital. And it was on Sunday. I had to preach in the morning. I had to preach in the evening. I usually don't make visits on Sundays. So, but I said, okay, aunt, I'll go. And after this, the morning service, I went to the hospital. And she was in really bad condition. She had a kidney problems. And uh, she even had some stains uh, on, the, on, the, on her body with tubes. She wasn't awake. She was uh, unconsciousness. And I, I went over and I started praying for her. The, the, the daughter of this lady was there and she knew me. And she said, thank you, Pastor, for coming. And then when I started praying, since I knew, oh, by the way, they were not believers. Since I knew that, all I said, is, I started up there, I started praying, and the, the daughter of her took my hands and put my hands upon her stomach. And I started praying. I finished my prayer, and she started coughing. And then the daughter started calling all the doctors. I said, I'm in problem. And she thanked me. She said, thank you, Otto, for coming. Thank you, Pastor Otto, for coming. So, so I woke out, and I went home. The daughter is, is, was working in a gas station. It was the manager of a gas station. Next day, I came over to the gas station to put gas in my car. And this lady came out of the gas station, and she looked at me. She said, I wanted to see you. I said, her mother died. And she came to me, and she looked at me, and then she hugged me. And she said, thank you very much for coming to pray for my mom. She's fine now. Right after you left, doctors came over. They couldn't understand what had happened. But she was fine. Even She had dinner last night at the hospital. And she's coming out of the hospital today. I didn't make any of those events. Many people make them. Bring your sick people. I will heal them. I just gave all the glory to God. Because I didn't do anything. I, I wasn't even sure what God was going to do. But God is still making miracles. And he does it for his glory. I'm sure you have seen miracles in this church. And you will continue seeing miracles in this church. Because God glorifies among the people that wants to give him glory and honor. That's the testimony church must have these days too. And also testimony of fellowship. We spoke a little bit about fellowship last night. It says, verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Two things. They were together. And they had everything in common. They were sharing everything. Nobody was saying this is mine. Everybody was saying this is ours. Because it belongs to God. It all belongs to God. I don't know but we have taught to talk in the wrong ways. Thinking that something belonged to us. But really nothing belonged to us. Everything belongs to the Lord. And the Lord is allowing us to administrate, to manage those things for His glory 
and also to bless others. I believe the only communist, true communism, it was lived in the early church. Because communism is not a political ideology. It's a way of living. I've been in Cuba. People say Cuba, Cuba is a communist country. No. Fidel Castro doesn't live the same way everybody else lives. Fidel's friends don't live the same way the other people live. That's not communism. Communism is having everything in common, as it says here. So, and I don't know if I'm getting in trouble here. I don't want no one to say we had a communist preacher this night. <laughs> I may have my visa canceled. <laughs> but truly, they had everything in common. They said, this, is, this belongs to our father. We are brothers and sisters. Everything belongs to us. It's like living in a home. You have children. You must teach your children that they're in a home that everything belongs to everyone. You know that my son don't ask me permission to open the, the fridge and get out a soda or huge or whatever. Because he knows that everything that is in home, it belongs to all. Even when my son reached an age that, I don't know if that happens here, when he was uh, having the same size of shoes, he used to use my shoes. Now, it's bigger than me. I'm glad of that. <laughs> I have my own shoes back now. <laughs> so, everything belongs to everyone. Church is a family. Church is the family of God. And God wants us to be together and have the same heart and have the, the same mind. And don't be, don't be selfish. Be generous. Because Jesus, when Jesus comes to a person, the heart is changed. Do you remember the story of Zacchaeus? That's one of my heroes. You know, when I read the story of Zacchaeus, I said, there is hope for the short people. Thank God. But Zacchaeus was changed. You see, he was a publican. He was taking money out of people. He became rich by taking money out of his own people. When Jesus came to his heart, when Jesus came to his home, he said, okay, I have all this. Half of all what I have It'll go to the poor people. And if I took advantage of someone, I will retribute to him four times. It came from a heart that was changed. You know, by nature, we are selfish. And Jesus is the only one who can change that selfishness in generosity. 
now we have to enjoy in giving to others, in sharing with others, in blessing others with whatever God gives us in blessings to. It's all is for His glory. But this church also had a testimony of love. Love is that makes us help others. It says there that selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. You see, the you people, the you wish, are very jealous with their properties. Whatever they inherit, they want to keep it because it was like a family, family culture. They don't want to sell what it belongs to a family. But they were selling properties here. You see, they were Jews. We're talking about a church made out of Jews. The 12 apostles were Jews. The 120 were Jews. The 3,000 were Jews. They were in Jerusalem. And they were selling their properties. Why? Because the love for their brothers were greater than their culture. I see, I love more than brothers than these things that I have received from my family. Because we know that we have brothers and sisters by blood. But in church, all we are brothers and sisters by the blood of Christ. And that blood is more valuable than our own blood. You know, I feel closer to my brothers and sisters in Christ, in church, than my own brothers and sisters. Because we know the tides are stronger. Because nobody can take away the brotherhood we enjoy in church. So that's why we have to share. And we have to see any need a person have in church and help them. Uh, in Guatemala, there is some uh, Pentecostal churches, charismatic churches. And you know that the pastors take all the tithes. All the tithes belong to the pastor. Not in the Baptist. And I'm glad that church is not taking care of me. By the way, my church takes good care of me. But also, church takes care of other brothers in need. And even of people out of church that are in need. Because that gives glory to God. I mean, church is not to become rich. In fact, when I was, was called to ministry, one of my mentors told me that. He said, Otto, God is calling you to ministry. I remember this. His name is Santiago Garabaya. He's with the Lord already. And he said, God is calling you to ministry. I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a prophet. God gave me a dream. He took a, a cup, a plastic cup. He said, I don't need that an angel from heaven comes down and tells me this is a plastic cup. I can see the calling of the Lord upon your life. And he said, but, but you are afraid of something. You have worked with your hands all your life. 
and you're afraid of saying, how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a living. And he said, trust God. He will take care of you and all your needs. Ministry is not to make money, but God will take care of your life and your family. Trust Him with all your heart. And God had exceeded my expectation in that too. Thank God for that. So, but as I told you, in my church, they're not only watching for my needs, they're watching for other needs also. Because in Guatemala, there is people in, in, in one church, in one church, there are different kind of people. I have like a four families that are rich people and generous people too. Thank God. Somebody said, we need some Philemons in our churches. We have some people who are having a good living, but they are not rich, but they have enough to live well. We have some people that are struggling and have to work every day in order to live. And we have people that they don't have enough, but we take care of each other. Because we know we are one family in Christ. And when there is cases that people need for a something, people that is ill, that is in the hospital, we also help them with that. That's what I told you the other day. I am pastoring the best church in the world. And this is the best church of the world, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm so, so thankful to the Lord for allowing me to be the pastor of that wonderful church. And we had to share that. We had to, to uh, give that testimony of love. And also, verse 46 says, Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. There is a testimony of unity, joy, and humility. Humility. And unity. They like to be together. They like to share together. They like to eat together. They were coming to praise God and have a place to meet and give glory to the Lord. They have the same feeling. They have the same heart. They couldn't be divided because they were thinking whatever God was giving them to think. And they were living that way. Sometimes might be some brothers in churches that want the church to be their way. Church is not to be anybody's way. Church needs to be Jesus' way. What Jesus, church needs to do what Jesus wants us to do. But sometimes we lost that. Sometimes we don't see that. We want things according to our own will. Church don't belong to anyone but Jesus Christ. He's the owner of the church. And we need to be together. That doesn't mean that we cannot have differences in thinking. But always we have to come up to this place. Do whatever Christ wants for his glory. 
and do it to bless others too. Not only thinking in my own interest. They were united. And they have joy. They were happy people. You know, people can be happy in the middle of trouble. You see Paul? Paul was in jail. And when he got in jail in, uh, in, 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 in Philip, in Philip, with Silas, they had beat him up. They were in a jail in bad conditions. And they were singing. They were praising God. They were praying to God. And God manifested his glory among them. All the time, we need to praise God. To give him all glory with joy in our hearts. It's a great joy to be a child of God. It's the greatest joy. Knowing that we belong to the creator, to the king of kings, to the one who lives forever. I remember my first trip to North Carolina. There was a lady. Uh, she was suffering terminal cancer. Pastor told me, go and see this lady tomorrow and give her words of encouragement. And I came to see her. Her name was Sonia. When I went to her home, I said, good morning, sister. And I wanted to shake her hand. She said, no, give me a hug. And she embraced me. And I didn't talk much. I supposed to give her words of encouragement. She encouraged me. His heart was full of Christ. And when a heart is full of Christ, it's full of joy. No matter what. So that was a church of joy. And it was a humble church. People were experiencing the humbleness of Christ. I don't know why people, some people are proud. Why should we be proud? Sometimes people ask me, how do you handle humility when you are experiencing too many privileges? Because God is giving me a lot of privilege. And I, I always reply this, I always answer. When I remember who I was, when Jesus took me out, I keep humble myself before him. Because if it was for me, I wouldn't be alive now. Jesus gave me life, literally. Because I would, I would be dead by now if he had not rescued me from my old life. So there is no room for pride in the church. We need to be humble because Jesus was humble. The owner of all, the creator of all. He was humble even from, from the very beginning of his life on this earth. I'm not saying his life began on this earth. He, he's eternal. But as a, as, as a man, he started in a humble way. And he lived in a humble way. And he died on the cross. In a humble way. And he's the king of kings. And he deserves all the glory. And also. Last thing. This church has a testimony of praising. 
praising. They were praising God. They were worshiping God. You see, it is good to worship God in church. I really have enjoyed my time singing to the Lord with you. But you know, God knows our hearts. And true praising must come from a true heart that is full of thanks to God. A thankful heart. And God knows that. That's why when we sing, we really have to think while we are singing. Be careful, there are many, many songs these days that are not based on the Bible. Anything has come from the Bible. So, but we really enjoy when we are praising God together and singing the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the one who lives forever, but do it with a sincere heart because he knows our hearts. Do not sing just because we have to sing. Sing because we really feel and we really know what we are singing to God. And there is many other ways to praise Him. Not only by singing. We can, we can praise Him when we pray. We can praise Him when we share testimony. We can praise Him when we serve. When we share the gospel with others. Giving all the glory to God. We have, we have to praise Him in different ways. Different opportunities he gives us to pray, to praise him. And then, if we live that way, there will be answer. The first answer the church was having it was from the people in Jerusalem. It says, verse 47, uh, 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Of all the people. The church is meant to please God. And when church pleases God, there will be people that want to have and want to be which we have and we are. If we give a good testimony, there will be people who will look at church and say, that is good, I want that. I want that. People that is going to be attracted by the testimony of a church that is living according to God's will. You see, our families must show that. Our marriages must show that. I love to see marriages that are happy in Christ. And because they are following God's word. And they give glory to God. When they show the blessings of God in the families. I love my wife. I told her. One day she's, she leaves home, I'll go with her. To me, it's prohibited to divorce her. We don't use that word. No more. If somebody asks me, have you ever thought of divorcing? I say, no, and I won't. I will be married with her all my life. 
all my life. Because Christ is in us. And people need to see that. Because there is many people that are getting married. And since the very beginning, they don't know how much they will last. But when we praise God, and we have God in our lives, we know marriage is forever. That was the answer of the, of the people in, in Jerusalem. But God also answered. He says that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I think it was yesterday when I said God is the only one who makes church grow. We cannot make church in our own efforts. Some people think that their strategies, their programs, is God. Is God the only one who gives a healthy growth to the church? And what we have to do is just live according to God's will. And then God with all will add to the church those who were being saved. Because he's the one who saves. And it is so good being a part of God's plan to save people. On all that we have to do is, God, here I am. Here is my life. Here is my family. I want to live the way you want me to live. I want to do whatever you want me to do. Give me a heart filled with Christ. Give me a heart to surrender my life entirely to my Lord so I can show you are in me and you are in our church. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like to know more about our relationship with Jesus or more about our church at Woodlawn, please contact us by email at info at fbcwoodlawn.org. Please join us again next week for another sermon from First Baptist of Woodlawn. your mercy to live a life worthy